Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All right, let's get this started. So again, for the sake of those on the podcast, today, uh, starting tomorrow, we podcast only. So if you listen to it on the podcast, then it's not going to be any different. <laughs> it's going to feel just the same. But if you're part of the morning Instagram, Facebook community, it's going to be a little different because I won't be on those for the next couple of months, just uh, on uh, the podcast. So uh, grab the podcast and um and let's stay reading the, through the Word of God, because our, our goal is to read through the Word of the New Testament in a year, and we we uh, we want to we want to do that together. So um, we are now in the little letter to Titus, Titus chapter th- or chapter one, just three chapters long. Um, so we'll be done with this one by Wednesday. We'll start two books. That, we'll do two left two books. This what's next? What's even next after we finish Titus? First John. So we'll do Wednesday. We'll wrap up Titus. Thursday we'll start First John. Yeah. This is not Dunkin' Coffee, by the way. It's in a Dunkin' cup, but not Dunkin' Coffee. It's just regular old, actually Starbucks coffee in a Dunkin' cup. How about that? How about that for a head fake? All right, let's do it. Um, so just some context uh, for Titus. Uh, so Titus is a, um, a young, um, protege of Paul's much like Timothy was some scholars actually think perhaps Titus was the brother of Luke because he's referred to in, uh, I think first Corinthians, um, as someone who was, uh, related to the, uh, had a notable brother. They think that notable brother was Luke. So who knows? That'd be interesting. Um, and so basically what had happened was uh, what had, what had ha- happened was um, Paul and uh, which we have no record of it in Acts, but obviously it happened. Act, uh, Paul evangelized the uh, the island of Crete, the large island off of Greece, uh, off the coast of Greece. He had gone there to and evangelize and obviously with some success, churches were planted. He went with Titus. And um, and as Paul continued on his missionary journeys, he kept he left Titus there uh, on the island of Crete to minister and to develop and to disciple uh, those new believers. Um, Crete was a very immoral island. It had uh, it was known for all of the things, all of the things. Uh, they were liars, cheats. Uh, violent. Uh, the cities were con- considered very dangerous. Um, it was uh, it was basically an armpit, and uh, they, of course, like a lot of that culture, Greek culture, they they worshipped uh, pagan deities, like particularly Zeus. Um, and so and so they kind of took after the what you know. We, one of the things with baby side we say is we uh, we want to become more like Jesus, and we we become like what we worship. And so we worship Jesus because we want to become like Jesus. Well, uh, that same principle was true 
in uh, Crete, they worshiped uh, among others, but primarily Zeus, uh, the Greek uh, mythical figure. Um, but one of Zeus's characteristics was he was a little bit of a liar, a deceiver. Um, and now they're bringing that sort of image of Zeus and worshiping of Zeus to their Christian faith. And they're, um, they're kind of ascribing some of those characteristics, those sort of lying, deceiving uh, characteristics to Jesus. And so you'll notice uh, right away the tone. <clears throat> so the churches in Crete were a little bit, these house churches that had been planted were, a little, were getting a little crazy. Like, you know, and they needed order. They were starting to look like the culture, you know. And so Paul, you can tell the tone right away. Paul is like direct, like do this, do this, do this, set, get godly leaders. Um, and, you know, that's, it's a definitely different tone than what we just started, what we just finished up with Timothy, which was more pastoral and relational. This is like, look, this is a hot mess, y'all. This got to be cleaned up. So do this and this and this. You know, sometimes that's what leadership requires. Some situations like we ain't gonna take a vote, <laughs> right? This is a situation we don't need a vote. We don't need that. We this is what you need to do. You need to do this, this, this. We need to restore some order. Well, that's the tone and the tenor of Paul's direction to Titus. It's like you need to bring in the reins, man. You got to bring some control to this situation because these churches are not being a good representation of Jesus. And that and for Paul, that's the that's the end game. As Christ, as Christ followers, we have we must be those who um, reflect positively and accurately on the God that we serve. So, with all of that background, probably a little more than we needed, but at least gets us into it. Kind of what's going on in here. So Paul's charging Titus. Paul, here we go. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's do it. Good morning, Lois. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Lee. Joseph, good morning. Welcome, everybody. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Again, you can already, you can already feel it. Paul's like, look. Knowledge of the truth that should lead to godliness, not to some craziness. <laughs> Despite what you may have seen, no, knowledge of the truth should not lead to craziness. Knowledge of the truth should lead to godliness. And it certainly should not lead to more ungodliness. It should lead to godliness. Verse two, in hope of eternal life, which God, now watch, who does not lie. He ain't Zeus, people. Our God ain't Zeus. He's He is the God, the Lord, and he does not lie. He doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't tell you one thing and do something else. He doesn't get his will done by deception. God does not lie. So God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, and verse 3, which now at his appointed season he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. All sort of like Paul's like introducing himself and who he's serving. That's who's writing it to Titus, my true son in our common faith, grace and peace from God, the father and Christ Jesus, our savior. 
Zeus not our savior. Christ Jesus is our savior. Verse five. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order. Because there's some order lacking in that place. <clears throat> in fact, there was a in the ancient uh, in antiquity the there was a a phrase a Greek phrase that uh, was basically uh, from Crete. Uh, it used the word for for the area of Crete, and it basically meant a liar. They were known to be liars and lazy. Just they were uh, just they were a man just liars and lazy. And if you were like a Cretan. Quit acting like a Christian. That means you acting you were lying or you were being lazy. Don't do that. So Paul says, I left you in Crete that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So, you know, um, elders in each of the little house churches, that growing house churches. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Again, you see, it's like very direct. Like we, this church, these, the leaders of these churches need to look different than their community. Their community in Crete is crazy. It's ungodly. So this is what I want you to do in um, the churches. I want you to appoint people who are godly, who have children who are godly. They're not children. You don't, you don't have kids that are being wild and disobedient. We don't want that. Or seven. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Not like all the other Christians. <laughs> it's like because all the other Christians, they they that's they who they are. They do these things. They do them sins. Mm. I'm sorry, Trish. I just saw that post. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm sorry. She passed away. Wow. We were just talking about her yesterday. Man. Man. Wow. So sorry to hear that. Uh. <clears throat> Verse 8. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. What's this? All the things that the Christians are not. These are the things that God empowers us to do, to be upright and holy and self-controlled and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. They can't be making stuff up. Don't can't be adding to it. You got to stick to what has been told to you the truth of the gospel, so that he can encourage others by what? Not by lies, but by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Um, you know, the, the church kind of, the pendulum swings, right? Um, and sometimes that we are really, really, really uh, intense on doctrine. And then there are seasons where it seems like the uh, importance of doctrine kind of wanes and it's more like experience and, you know, having a, a experience with God and emotional and 
um, more right brain experiences, I guess. More, But there's something to be said about the importance of having a right understanding of God. You know, having your doctrine right, having your teaching right. Um, I heard, I saw someone post something on Facebook or something. Like um, is it is it more important to be right or loving? And my thought was that question assumes that there's a right answer. So the question really is, the answer to that question is, is it better to be right or loving? The answer is yes. It's better to be both. Uh, because if you say loving, then you're, then you're also saying that loving is the right answer, which means you're being right, correct. So people now, you just need to be loving. You don't need to be right. Well, no, you need to be both. <laughs> I mean, I think we can do this, guys. Actually, we can actually do both. And actually, we're called to do both. It's like, no, I just gotta be, I just gotta be loving. I can be totally wrong, but I'm loving. No, 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 no. No. It's grace and truth. Grace and truth. That's the problem, is we want to cash out one for the other. I'm just gonna cash out truth, cash out doctrine, because I want to be loving. Well, you don't even know what loving is without right doctrine. <laughs> you don't even know what loving looks like. We don't even know what loving looks like without right doctrine. And conversely, you can have all the right doctrine in the world. Doesn't mean it's going to make you loving. You can have a you know everything right and still be rude and mean. But you got to have both. You know, we actually can do both. It's possible. We can actually walk and chew gum at the same time through the power of Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. So when somebody throws you that little curveball, is I'd rather be loving than right. You don't even know what loving is without right doctrine. And honestly, if you said you better be loving than right, you're assuming there's a right answer. Which means that you're saying uh, you'd rather be right. Because you're saying to be loving is to be right. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Anyway. That was a tangent. What happened right there? Well, what happened what just then was a tangent. It was a little side trip. Little, little journey across the way. <laughs> Good morning, Laurie. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Verse 10. We're in Titus chapter 1. That's what we're doing right now. For there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk, preach, and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. Now, the circumcision group, again, that really strong uh Jewish influence group that wanted Christians to become, uh, to undergo Jewish custom, namely circumcision, uh, just one among many, become Jewish, do all the uh, Jewish rules and regulations so that you can be a, a full child of God. You can't be a full child of God. Let's do all those things. So they had a lot of rules. Got to do these rules, keep all these rules. Paul calls that meaningless talk, especially those of the, of the circumcision group. They must be silenced. Again, Paul's got a different tone in this. Look, it's look when you go into a scenario and it's crazy and it's like people are hanging off the walls and it's gone berserk, you don't go in there just Paul coming in there straightening things up. He's like, that group, they need to they need to stand down. 
Don't need to ask their permission. You go tell it, stand down. Be quiet. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole, whole households by teaching things they ought not teach. And that for the and on top of that, for, for the sake of dishonest gain, they cheating people, trying to get stuff dishonestly. Verse 12. One of Crete's own prophets has said it. Here you go. Crete is known for this stuff. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. <laughs> Welcome to Crete. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that was on like the welcome sign when you walked when you went into Crete at the, in the in the uh, uh, in the port. You went to the went sailed into the port and said, "Cretans, welcome. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. Welcome to our humble abode." <laughs> Hold on to your pocketbook. <laughs> Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> Don't believe anything they tell you. Uh, in verse 13, Paul's like, and that saying is true. Slow bellies. <laughs> King James call them slow bellies. <laughs> I got one of them. <laughs> I, got a, I got a slow belly. That's a great that's a great phrase, man. That's a great phrase right there. <laughs> Lazy glutton, you a slow belly. <laughs> Why don't I just see a guy like on the couch with his shirt half up over his belly, like his big belly sticking out with a, a slice of pizza laying on his belly? I don't know why I see that. That's just what I see when I see slow belly. He just slow belly. He just laid back on the couch, got his shirt pulled up over his belly bulge, and he got a he got a pepperoni pizza sitting right there on his navel. <laughs> slow belly. Whew, don't be a slow belly. We ain't trying to raise a church full of slow bellies. No, we don't want no slow bellies. <clears throat> uh Therefore, rebuke them sharply. Again, Paul's like, he ain't playing, man. He ain't playing. He's like, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in faith. He's like, I'm not playing with you. <laughs> this, this drastic situation is called for drastic measures. Tell them boys to stop. Rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in faith. Why? Because some people, they, won't, they don't understand nice, niceties. They don't understand subtleties. When you got a slow belly and you're dealing with a slow belly and an evil brute, you can't you can't can't give them subtleties and niceties. You got to go straight at it sharply. That's what he's saying. So that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the purely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciousness are corrupted. They claim to know God, but they lie. That's what he said. They claim to know God, but their actions, by, by their actions, they deny him. 
It's got to be consistency between what you claim and how you live. They are detestable. You know, you got belly showing, got the pizza on the belly. It's just gross. You're grossing me out. You're nasty. Stop it. Quit eating off your belly. It's gross. Slow belly. Stop it, slow belly. Serve Jesus. Clean yourself up. Act right. Stop lying. Be loving and be truthful. You can do both at the same time. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for, un for doing anything good. Mm. He's talking to some barbarians, people. <laughs> He's talking to some barbarians. Some of you guys know, you know, some of you, that sound like my, sound like my family reunion. <laughs> some of you like, that sound like my family reunion. <laughs> I think, I think if I, if I do my ancestry, ancestry.com, I'm pretty sure we must be Cretan. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got some Cretan in me somewhere. <laughs> Oh, me too, people. Me too. Me too. Me too. Uh, all right. We, hey, we just finished the first chapter of Titus. So you know what we do. We read. We pray. Let's do it. Let's pray. And thank you for being on today. My heart's heavy for Rhonda's passing, man. That is just a bummer. Wow. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of the gospel. Um. Lord, we know that you are the God who does not lie. You cannot lie because you are the truth. And um, as we've read many times before, you cannot deny yourself. Even though we're faithless sometimes, you are always faithful um, because you cannot deny who you are. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the fact that you're right and true and just and that you teach us and lead us to be right and true and just and good like you. That's what you want from us. And so, Lord, we pray that that would be true of us, that um, we would uh, be truthful, but we would also be, also be loving, that we actually can do both at the same time. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to, uh, to keep that balance of being loving and being truthful. Um, Lord, not for our sake, not for our glory, for sure, but for you. Lord, I pray <clears throat> your blessing upon each and every one of my friends. May you encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, those that are grieving, um, particularly I think of Rhonda, who's mentioned by Trish today, uh, lift up, we lift them up to you, Lord. May you bring healing and wholeness and encouragement to that family, to those loved ones. Lord, we pray an end to this virus that is taking so many lives. Um, it's, uh, it's sad, it's enraging, it's exhausting, uh, but most of all, it just grieves our heart, Lord. It just grieves our heart. Um, for the untimely passing uh, of so many people that we love and we know. So God, we uh, we just pray for comfort. We pray for encouragement. We pray for a quick end uh, to this virus and this pandemic. Lord, bless my friends today. Encourage them. Give them strength and hope. Help them to go today and make a difference for your great name. And bless them, Lord, I ask. Really good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
God bless you today. Thank you for being on. Hope you have a great day. Last day on social media and Facebook or or Facebook and Instagram. So starting tomorrow, podcast only. If you listen to this on the podcast, it will be the same as it's always been. But if you haven't been on the podcast, grab the podcast, go to Apple, go to Anchor, go to Spotify, go to uh, Google Play, whatever you, wherever you get your podcast and look for Pastor Terry's Bible study podcast and you won't miss a chapter as we continue reading through the New Testament in a year. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Uh, we'll continue to share together, but I won't see you again until December. I love you. We'll see you that next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.